Welcome to the Meteor Podcast, a weekly news show about what's going on in the media community. This episode is for Friday, January 16th, 2015. Welcome, Meteor fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my co-host, Rye Walker. Welcome, Rye. What's up? You're rocking your vintage Meteor shirt today. I am. I am. You're rocking <laughs> the new one, and I'm rocking the vintage. It's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like the streaming's getting started. It auto kicked on on my page there. So if you're watching remotely uh, live, then be sure to know that we can take some questions at the end. Um, that's always fun. Uh, just use the Q and A app that they have there. Uh, and this week we are talking about. We don't have any sponsors. Just uh, if you want to help sponsor the show individually, be sure to check out. Uh, <laughs> you got it there, bud? I think I'm all right. <laughs> oh, I just got done running. Uh, be sure to check out uh, patreon.com slash meteor club. Um, lots of awesome stuff there. Uh, prizes, like, uh, not prizes. What do you call Kickstarter levels? I guess just rewards. Rewards. There we go. Yes. Lots of reward options there. Um, all right. So this week we're going to talk about Meteor Security Essentials. Uh, building an email digest and content aggregator with Telescope. Uh, what type of impact does io.js have on Meteor? Uh, flow for Meteor. And uh, Google Analytics and events for Meteor as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, the first one uh, was actually a talk by uh, Ryan Glover, I believe. Uh, he gave it up at the Chicago meetup. Our uh, good friend Dean helps run that up there. Big shout out to Dean and to Ryan. Um, so if you follow the link in the show notes, um, it's uh, talks.themeteorchef.com slash meteor-securities-essentials. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's he's got some slides up. Uh, and he walks you through kind of the ins and outs of security for your Meteor app. And um, he's got uh, he's got a whole bunch of stuff in here, and I think it's it's really awesome. I'm, I'm actually looking at his slides right now for the first time. Um, there's some good stuff in here. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, remove, auto-publish, and insecure. Those are big ones. Um, talks a little bit about allow and deny rules, uh, which I'm still kind of up in the air about myself. Uh, and um, always got quite a few slides about allow and deny, publication, pub and sub. So um, I think your publications are a big source of security, potential security leaks. You got to be careful about that. Um, and then he talks a little bit about uh, check and audit argument check. Uh, which can be a good thing. It's it's for um, for checking the inputs on your meteor methods, so it's always important. Anyway, I, I would highly recommend going through this, and hopefully he recorded this talk too. I think it'd be a a real treat for people to be able to kind of watch it, watch him talk through it all as well. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of ways to screw up meteor security, unfortunately. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, the system doesn't warn you when you deploy with insecure and um, <laughs> auto-publish. Um, 
<laughs> it'd be nice if you got an email and said, are you sure? You know, or something like that, but that doesn't happen. So yeah. yeah. Like, uh, Vinay, uh, the guy that did the, uh, the scanning of all the meteor apps, when he did the scan in his initial post, he said like over half the sites he found still had auto publish in them. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and even me, like I was working on a production grade app and, you know, I, I, I wrote about it because I found insecure was still installed in the application. So kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, Get rid of those things. As soon as you think you have something that you want other people to use. Yeah. It's Honestly. funny because I saw a post the other day. Uh, I forget who posted it. It was like Reginald Braithwaite, maybe something like that. And uh, it was all about like death to password committers, people that put like keys or passwords into the repo. Um, and there's a tip in here to use settings.json. And that's absolutely like key to not committing your private keys or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, that is cool. Um, next topic is email digest and content aggregation with telescope. So um, this is another great post by Sasha. Um, and he doesn't, we don't even say his last name anymore, do we? We know who we're talking about here. <laughs> um, I've about, been practicing, though. It's, it's Graef. <laughs> Graef? Oh, geez. Well, then you can say it. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think it's really cool. He's basically presenting Telescope as, um, I mean, it's basically a news aggregator and uh, an email uh, digest, uh, mm -hmm. well, content aggregator. Um, and you know, a lot of people don't realize that that's part of the, that's an important part of the feature set. Actually, you know, early on, inspiration for for building the thing in the first place was that email digest. Mm -hmm. um, so again, like if you are meteor fan and you're not getting the creator io email digest daily you're missing out because it picks the top links from each day puts them all into one email and um it's a cool feature um a lot of people are like hiring developers to build these sorts of systems and you can just grab uh <clears throat> grab a telescope and customize it to get that thing built for your company so yeah yeah, and this is this is actually a two-parter, right? Like you get down to the end, and he talks about uh, Crunch Hunt, which he put up, and uh, he's got another post on Crunch Hunt. Uh, Hunt. It's a I don't know. My brain doesn't <laughs> want to say that right. <laughs> um, Crunch Hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that end gets me. Um, but uh, yeah, he talks about like how he got that set up as well, and I thought that was really interesting because he talked about this uh, kimono. Um, scraper that turns any website into an API and uh, that was interesting as well. So two, two really good reads there um, from Sasha as always. Um, he said that, uh, you know, it was an easy five minute setup for him to get this going. Yeah. So I'll well, say I, maybe that's like half the time a normal person might take. Right. But even yeah. at 10 minutes, it's, it's worth the effort. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really important to mention about this is the fact that um, you can subscribe to RSS for content um, to, to basically feed content into the system. So it's not only user supplied content. Uh, you could, you can subscribe to some uh, someone else's if they are providing RSS uh, you can feed that straight in and let that be the basis for the inbound content articles that people comment on and whatnot. So. Yeah, I've actually been kicking around an idea around Meteor and like auto-populating links, interesting links for the day, kind of like sidebar. Yeah. 
but driving it off of an RSS source. I was thinking, what if you used like Reddit Meteor as the source, but then you're posting back to it? Does it is it an indefinite loop? That'd be a question. I'd be curious to see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bet you can find a way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure it, it probably check. It probably checks to make sure the link hasn't already been posted. I'm pretty sure it does that. So yeah, I think you're right. That'll stop it right there. <laughs> but it's a way for you to scrape everything that wasn't. You know, everything from Reddit. I, I don't even know if there's an RSS for that, but I imagine there is. Yeah. Uh, but it lets you get every every link that wasn't posted on Creator back into Creator. That'd be kind of cool. Mm. Anyway, um, little it side is. project. Ten minutes. That's all it takes. <laughs> Actually, probably even less than that. We already have Creator up, so you have to, like, probably fill in that form. Yeah. Field. Anyway. Um, Funny. Cool. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Time. So uh, you weren't here. You were, uh, I think, out of town or something, giving yeah. your talk. And... Uh, Chris Nelson filled in, and the big news that week was io.js coming out, or, well, just just being announced. I mean, it wasn't out. Um, But now it's out, and uh, our good buddy Eric Elias, uh, what's the name of his startup? It's like... uh, Lagoon. Lagoon, that's it. Uh, So he's working on an application, and he's been kicking around the idea of using Meteor. And... um, yeah, so you know, he posted and he was curious. Uh, this is a discussion on Crater, and I'd love to see more people jump in. Like, please do jump in, and I'd love to hear other people's opinions. Uh, I gave mine, but I, I think the I think that io.js can have uh, a pretty big impact overall in the like in the lifespan of Meteor because I I foresee it. Like right now, it's just they've just turned on like. ES6 support and a couple other smaller things, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I mean, you could always get ES6 support into Meteor using the build tool that they had. Um, but I, I think that down the road, this, this could have a much bigger impact, right? Because uh, MDG has a couple of choices. They could either decide to switch to io.js and move forward with that, uh, in, in which case I think you're going to have some people that are unhappy, and you may see a community mm-hmm. fork of Meteor at that point that stays on <laughs> Node. Um, or they ignore io.js, which conversely could make people unhappy, and someone's going to fork and start building in io.js features into Meteor. Um, or... They try to write some kind of compatibility layer, right, and try to support both, which I think could be a very painful thing in the long run. So definitely feels like a double-edged sword here. I don't know. What are your yeah, thoughts? Well, I think I think it's like forkception, you know, inception. <laughs> like everything that depends on Node has to decide do they want to support them both, and if you make the wrong decision. I think the worst thing that could happen is that, like, half the people like I.O. and half the people like node because now you literally have a fragmented community at that point. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know too much about the backstory of why. I mean, I understand, like, I understand the basic concept that the IO guys think that joints not doing a good job or moving too slow or right. just not making the right decisions, but I'd love to see it all come back together, obviously, because <laughs> it's uh, um, easier that way. Um, like back when rails was kind of splintering between um or when the Ruby community was splintering between Rails and Merb, what was it? 
in Merb, you know, like yeah. that was, that was kind of tough, but then they figured out a way to put it all back together, which I thought was really good. So, um, but, but it was painful. That's a bit, oh, it was super, painful. Was super yeah. painful, yeah. but it was better, you know, it was progress. So, yeah. well, you know, again, not everyone's going to agree with that, but uh, right. it, it was what it was. So, um, yeah. So I think that, um, <laughs> that's funny. When my phone, when I got a message, I'm I'm on my phone because my stupid computer microphone wouldn't work, but I just got a text and it like vibrates my phone, like shaking it <laughs> from its little hover spot here. Nice, nice. To block it. There we go. All right. Um, so yeah, I think I think that uh, um, I hope it all goes away. That's my that's my read. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of agree with you because it feels like a lot of the uh, a lot of the the smarter people in the room kind of walked out and went to the io.js camp. Right. You know, when you look at, at companies like strong loop, I don't know, like I, I've heard some people say like, this is just a marketing ploy and it'll all work in the end. So I, I don't know. Hopefully it gets better for us down at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's go to the next topic. And this is like a situation where I'm like totally busted. You assigned me this flow for meteor topic. Oh. Did you watch the video? I mean, I know what it is. There's a new router that Aeronaut is working on, but have yeah. you tried it? Have you tried no, it? No, no, I totally assigned it to you. Hoping you had. <laughs> I know that um, Greg from Differential looked at it and he said he thinks it looks pretty cool, but man, how brave is that to try to make a router? Like, wow, why would you? Why would you do that to yourself? But no, I'm sure yeah. he's got some, some things he wants to try to do, but that's a hard topic, you know? Pretty it good. is, but at the same time, like, I think it's a really important topic because yeah. there's not there's not very many people um, exploring that topic, right? And right. you've got Chris and, like, everybody and their brother relies on his iron router package. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a lot of, excuse me, support work. Like, yeah, we yeah, should all... We should all pitch in and give him some money to hire an assistant to help out right. with Iron Router. <laughs> I know. So I bet you Chris is saying, go, 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 like beat Iron Router. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing that I will say, uh, someone did uh, make some comments, which gave me a little context here, um, is that f- flow routes, they're not reactive. So uh, it makes you rethink the structure app a little bit, um, but it's more predictable is what the comment said. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So this, again, it's like watching a video. It's a 12 minute video. Uh, could have something to do with the future of meteor in there. Yeah. You should check it out. Uh, maybe we'll talk about some more next week after we've had some time to digest it. But I think that video just came out a couple of days ago and I have not had a chance to jump into yeah. it, but it is news, you know, it is yeah. something that happened. So three days ago, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, like I, I love Aeronota, but the biggest problem I have with deciding to put an entire app on this thing would be, you know, what what does the long term support of this thing look like? Because, yep. uh, you know, I remember writing a Leica chapter and getting done, like getting 50 percent of the way through it and then emailing Aeronota. And he said, oh, that's deprecated. Yeah. I'm not, not going to update Leica anymore. And it's like, oh, yeah. Is it, yeah. Is this an experiment or is this something for real? You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> So the only time we'll tell on that in a lot of ways. Like we just did a package. We have a package called Meteor Workers that we're deprecating. Like it's it's had like a four week life, you know, because um, <laughs> it was it was what we needed at the time. You know, it's it's basically a very uh, it deals with just doing background work, forking the Meteor process, and then keeping track of it all in Monk, M O N Q, uh, in Mongo. It's kind of cool. It's nice. Um, 
but we're finding that as we're as our apps are scaling, we really need to jump to Redis and using Q. Mm. Um, now the question is, do we do we just make that thing more complex, or or we actually decide like chop the app up in a slightly different pattern? So, mm. um, and you know, like we're the only ones using it. Probably maybe there's a third person out there in the world <laughs> using it, but um, you know, it's like we're not planning on supporting it. Um, it's a tough thing, and you know, when we started. We thought maybe it could be a package that'll have a long life, but um, maybe it will, you know. But it's uh, uh, we have a different architecture idea. We're gonna kill that one and, and go with the new idea. So yeah, yeah. Beware, be wary of new packages, you know. You guys should take a look at the uh, node. Like, there's a uh, Velocity has a project called like Long Running Child Process or something like that, and uh, mm-hmm. it's all about spawning the Velocity process basically in a way that stays in sync with the Meteor. Parent process. Okay. Could could be interesting. Trying to see where that is. Long running child process. You think, huh? Yeah, I think so. I'll find a link to it. But you know that this does all bring up an interesting point. Uh, You know, like we've never officially said that we've deprecated accounts entry, but in essence, like nobody is really paying attention. I think it just hits my inbox and I delete. Like I may read a little bit of an issue, but I, I basically. I don't have the time or the bandwidth to keep up with it. And I know you guys yeah. don't really either. And honestly, uh, you know, frankly, uh, Splendid Doe, however you say his name, uh, Luca, he, he's he's done an amazing job with user accounts. Uh, you know, he took he took the initial work that you and I did, Ryan, and broke it out and decided to build, um, you know, something that was – uh, UI framework agnostic in the core, and then you just bolt on the the piece that you care about. So yeah, kind of yeah, nice. I, I, I agree. Like it was a great refactoring. Um, you know, it's yeah, I'd say account entry is unofficially deprecated right now, but um, we we and we have like the, the to do to officially deprecate it, right. but no one even wants to do that. That's just like. Um, it's like thankless work to deprecate a package. So yeah, um, yeah. But so and, and plus, it's kind of that weird thing which is on the border of us and you. But uh, yeah, I think that none of us are using it. I mean, I'm not using it with new projects. Um, I, in fact, the project, you know, like um, so. I think I don't know if it's, if it's in our boilerplate right now. But the account entry is still in there. It may not even. No, be. I think well, in the it is in the main branch, but not in the one O branch. Oh, okay. And yeah, the one branch will merge in soon, so yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's let's call it deprecated. It's official now. It's on the podcast, so it happens. No <laughs> more needs to be done. <laughs> yes, and watch the flow video. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So before I do the last one, uh, real quick, if you do have questions, feel free to queue those up because we'll be there in four or five minutes. Uh, all right, so the last post is about uh, Google Analytics and events for Meteor. I actually wrote this. Uh, I thought it was interesting because um, now that we have this, I don't know, like I guess it's been around for a while, but the idea of like a single page app, um, especially like, you know, I've got multiple routes in this Meteor app for meteorjs.club, but I don't, you know, th- the page in particular, excuse me, is one long sales page. And I wasn't sure how far down people were reading, you know? Yeah. And, um, and and so I love the, uh, you know, after I got it all implemented and let it run for a week or two, you can see down at the bottom, I actually have a funnel and it shows like 417 people hit the top of the funnel. 
and like five people hit the bottom of the funnel. And so, <laughs> and, and all the drop-off happens right at the very end of the funnel. Like when they hit the bottom of the page, they just all go away. And so, um, you know, that, that is a problem, right? Like that to me indicates that either there's a problem with pricing, um, like in particular, this class is $8.99, um, or there's a problem with the sales copy or something. Um, but I, I loved it because I was able to reactively just track where they were by scrolling, you know, catching the scroll event and then doing some math. And every time you hit a quarter percent um, mark, then I just fired off an event to Google Analytics. Now, would you say that Meteor helped make this easier for you, or could you have done this in any app just the same? Uh, I, I would actually say you could do this in any app with the, the same kind of code I wrote here. Yeah. Uh, if, if anything else, um, it kind of sucks because you can't really catch window events very easily on like in a, in a template. I had to wrap this in a Meteor startup mm. and then do you know dollar sign. I had to use jQuery and catch the scroll event and do the right thing. Mm. But... Uh, I was able to just set a session variable. And so this code, which lives in one spot, uh, fires on multiple different pages. So I can actually track the scrolling percentage on any page that I want. Yeah. So that that was kind of nice. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, obviously, figuring out your call to action is uh, <laughs> something that's not going to scare away everybody. Is, yeah. is always hard, especially, you know, once you ask for money, you're going to lose a lot. But. Uh, it's definitely asking the right questions. Uh, points you, you know, it's nice to know that they are getting down to that, which you didn't know that before, for sure. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. It's funny. It's like when I saw your post, I was like, wow, this is like close to the kind of post I'm doing next week around user cycle. You know, like I thought you'd like this. Yeah, I know. You, you knew, you knew that it was like uh, you're preempting me. Why are you trying to tear down user cycle? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This is. Totally different use case. Like this is for pre-user, and ours is all post-user. You know, after right. sign up. So, right. uh, so yeah, we might actually use this because we're gonna we're getting ready to change our homepage to have a lot more content, um, and it would be kind of neat to know how far down they get um, as yeah. we try different ideas with that. So, can you you can obviously slice this for time too, right? So if you change the design, you can say, mm -hmm. show me things only past this day. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, so I could. You, so you can compare the funnel from design A to design B pretty easily. Yeah, or you can use their, they've got a analytics uh, A-B testing bit in there yeah. that you can use as well. So you could compare like different calls to action and yeah. how well those are converting and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, Super so important though, you know? I mean, like when you're building an app or, or building a sales page or really building anything, like you should always put these analytics in here because I, I talk about... Um, I gave a different use case in the beginning paragraph, I think. Um, you know, I had a client at, have me add what, what essentially was a blank slate modal pop-up. Like when you were the first one to come into something, like a modal would pop. Um, and they wanted to see how many people were just dismissing that modal or actually interacting with it. And so, you know, just firing two different events uh, into, well, they use segment. And uh, I think most people should use segment uh, I posted this on bootstrappers.io, uh, I think it was. And uh, someone said, yeah, I would totally use Segment and look into Mixpanel because uh, they don't require you to to hack up fake page views to get the funnel to work properly. So, hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, even with just testing scrolling, you're saying that somehow you're going to magically get that 
know if they scrolled halfway down or do you think they misunderstood some aspect of your post? Uh, no, they, they totally understood it. Uh, the problem is though, at the bottom, in order to get uh, the funnel to work, you can't use events. You can't build a, build a funnel off events. You have to, so I had to change those oh, to be okay. like a, a fake page view. So now when I look at that site, I'm getting like anyone that hits that page, if they scroll all the way to the bottom, it's looking like four or five page oh, views okay. to me. I see. I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. So, but Mixpanel, you don't have to do that. You can just send the events and create your own funnel that way. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kind of a weird Google Analytics thing. But. Yeah. Yeah. Cool hack anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Any, did we get any questions from the live we audience did not. I'm disappointed, audience. I know there's should have made up here. one. You should have made up a question. <laughs> uh, so Aaron Noda asks. Okay. Yes. Yes. Why didn't you watch our video? <laughs> Why didn't you watch my video, you jerks? No. Mm -hmm. no. No real questions this time. Um, but we did. Uh, I got another uh, Patreon uh, patron. We are getting closer. We're at uh, seventy-five dollars a month. Wow. So at 250, I'm going to start another podcast. Uh, going to be more of a roundtable style podcast. Uh, so we're getting closer and closer. And uh, the shout out this week, gosh, Patreon sucks for like navigating this thing. Uh, gosh, I really don't want to screw up this name either. <laughs> it was a hard name. I'll probably screw it up anyway, but yeah. Patreon. <laughs> oh, hey, we got a question. Oh, wow. Can you see it? Uh-uh. Okay. Now, what is it? <laughs> if, <laughs> it's from Ben. Uh, ah. He's, uh, he's going to be in my class next week. But if you had a pink kitty, what would you name your pet dog, Rye? Pink kitty? Uh, what would you name pink, your pet dog? Pika. Piggy. <laughs> That's your actual dog's name, isn't it? Yeah. The pink kitten is irrelevant to that question. So. It is. It is. <laughs> All right. Thanks so, for the question, guys. <laughs> love All it, of the audience it. we've got. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's funny he brought that up because we totally regretted the other day. Like, we thought about it after the fact. We bought a chubby wiener dog right and another one <laughs> no no the first one but thinking uh, back like we totally should have named her job of the hut uh, you know yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right good good talk josh i'll talk to you next week yeah all right sounds good guys